pray together. Heavenly Father, your word says that you have come to us. So your presence and your power is here in our midst by the Holy Spirit. Uh, And my prayer would be that you would come fully into lives that are here. Uh, And and we pray for converted lives, for conversions, uh, for new people in Christ. Uh, That is what Christmas is all about. Uh, Christmas is nothing if not for Calvary and Easter, the promise of new life. You came to give us a new birth, new life. And there are so many people in, in our city, uh, probably in our families, those we know in our world uh, that are hurting. And I pray, we pray together that they would see what we just sang about, that you have come to us. You make our life new. You're making our world new. Pray more people would come to know you and that you would change and heal and bring people together and reconcile relationships and not by our strength or our mental capacity, but by the power of your Holy Spirit through and through. And that's the only thing that will change our lives and change our world. But we have it because you're here. Thank you that you're here and just speak to us now. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you all. You can have a seat. If uh, you have your Bible, you can turn to... Uh, Luke 1 and Matthew 1. We'll be in two passages today. Luke 1, Matthew 1. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, you're welcome to grab one at the back table. And I want to start today, maybe we're going to start in the message with uh, questions or a set of questions. And so as I begin, I would ask you, where do you belong? Uh, you may not know the answer to that, but we ask ourselves that question uh, over and over again, I believe. We we say, where where do I belong uh, in life? Where do you belong? Uh, At Christmas, it is very easy to get a sense of where you belong. Uh, For me, uh, our family uh, and my wife started this, to give her credit, uh, a tradition that many nights that we are at home over the Christmas season, uh, we will take about 30 minutes and we'll cut off all the lights in the house, look, y'all know I love Christmas, so, so bear with me. Cut off all the lights in the house, uh, light some Advent candles, turn the tree on, and it's rotating. It's not a real tree. That's pretty cool. But it's a rotating tree. Turn on some music and just like just sit there and listen to Christmas music and the candles. And I always, I, I tell you that because it's in that time where I, often I'll think, you know, this is where I belong, you know. Uh, this, this house, uh, this place, this family, this crib, as Chris likes to say, uh, you know, this, this is where I belong with my, with my family. So where do you belong? Another question I would ask y'all is, to whom do you belong? Now, often we ask this uh, more so than, than the where or the place, because all of us, whether we realize it or not, are seeking a person. We're seeking a person. Uh, I'm honored to teach a, a class uh, over at Jackson Academy, and it's called Moral Leadership. We look at different things, but you know, one thing I say to the kids, and I'd say to, to our youth, and I'd say to adults, um, I'd say to men or boys who shave, I'd say to them you know, that, you, um, that if you're going to lead, people have to follow you. And there has to be something inside you uh, that they see that, that people will 
follow, to lead. Uh, And often, what they see is the answer to the question of, to what do you base your life on? To what do you base your life on? And it's tied to the question of to whom you belong, because so often we base our lives on a person, especially youth or young folks or even young adults or even wiser adults, because we want a person to share life with. And look, see it over and over again uh, with young men and women. It's like, well, my, my boyfriend is really who I'm basing my life on. They never say that, but like deep down inside, that's who they base their life on. My girlfriend is who I'm basing my life on. Don't say it again, but that's the truth. Uh, My wife or my husband is who I'm basing my life on, or my children or my child is who I'm basing my life on. All of us are trying to answer the question continually, where do we belong? And all of us are trying to find the answer to the question, to whom do we belong? Because we all struggle with loneliness. We don't want to be alone. The message of Christmas is that we're not, but still we feel this. And so we say, well, I'm basing my life on him, her, them. And at, at some point, you know, it'll end up being a roller coaster ride. I mean, we'll feel good one day with him or her and then... Another day we'll be down here and then we'll be up. I mean, it'll be a roller coaster. If our lives are not based on Jesus, it's just, it's just up, down, a roller coaster. Uh, we're in a series uh, right now, I mean, really a Christmas series, but we call it Name Above Names. And it is based on one verse, Isaiah 9, 6. should be up on the screen. Name Above Names, Isaiah 9, 6. It says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We're doing this series to say that the name of Jesus should be above every name, the names of nations, the names of people, the names of me and you. And so often, if we're honest, and I'll be honest, uh, he's not. We'll put our name Above him, or we'll put the name of the person we feel like we belong to above him. But scripture tells us, and churches should proclaim, his name is above every other name. Today, I want to focus us on Mighty God and Everlasting Father, those two names that are given in Isaiah Mighty God, Everlasting Father. And I will look at two people, two parents. Really, I could call this message a tale of two parents because. They look and act and do things very differently, as parents do. But first, we're going to look at Mary. Mary, so Luke 1, if you have your Bibles, Luke 1. And to set the scene a little bit, we're going to start in verse 46. But Mary has just seen the angel Gabriel. Gabriel's told her the good news that you are chosen among women, even though she's probably like a young girl, 14, 15, maybe. You're chosen among women, you're blessed, and you're going to carry Jesus Christ. And so as often it's the case with women, I mean, she's fired up, she's passionate, she's emotional, and she, I don't know if I'm going to get any amens from women here, but and she goes to, not her sister, but her cousin, because she wants to share the good news, Elizabeth, 
You know, and, and women can be just, you know, overflowing with joy. And, you know, they just want to share or just want to talk. Right, sweetie? Just, I mean, you just want to talk. You want somebody to talk to. You know, just got to go. I got to share it. Any amens? Husbands? I don't know. Anyway, she's got to share. And so she goes to Elizabeth. And she's like, okay, I can't tell, you know, anybody because I don't want to get scandal in, in Nazareth. So she goes to Elizabeth. You ever think about that? Like, why did Mary go? Well, she wants to share. It's good news. And she's fired up. She's excited, so she goes to Elizabeth. And then Elizabeth, as, you know, I mean, sisters who aren't sisters, but, you know, family will say, you know, she's fired up too. And, you know, then John the Baptist, like, leaping out of the womb. And, like, you know, everybody's like, you know, oh, Mary. Everybody's like, this is great. Everybody's getting fired up. You know, you get a lot of women together. Uh, there was a retreat uh, a couple hours from here over the weekend. Get a lot of women together. I don't know what happened, but you know, they all come back fired up. They're all loving on one another, right? Amen? Amen? There you go. So Elizabeth and Mary are fired up. And then, it's going to tie into Mighty God here in a second. Look what Mary does. Mary literally sings. Uh, I don't know if it says this in your Bible, but it says here, a song of praise. Uh, if you, the more you know your Bible, this, is, this song actually has a, a name, the Magnificat. And so Mary is singing. Her soul is singing. So listen to Mary's words, starting with verse 46. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. Now this passage, these couple of verses, they tell us a few things. One, they tell us about the might of God. How mighty is God? Mary sees that. She's proclaiming this. She is, is worshiping the Lord. She has felt His power. She knows it. And, and she even says, literally in here, you know, He brings down the mightiest uh, of men uh, or of nations. I mean, she sees this huge, you know, grandiose, powerful, almighty God. Uh, and then, you know, there was a moment uh, last week... and. Often, I think y'all get into the same boat I am. You know, I was a little, like, blue. I was down. Something had happened. I don't even know what it was. But, like, one little thing after another little thing. And I was like, man, I just kind of, you know, just get burdened down. I mean, I'm re- that happens to me every week, probably. And I had, I don't know if it was a dream, but I, I woke up in the middle of the night, and it was just like a revelation saying, like, you know, if you just think of, you know, not how big your problems are, but how big your God is, you know, in comparison you know, it's like, it's, it's okay. It's, it's going to work out. And it, it just gave me this, this peace. I do think it was spirit-led. It was spirit-filled. You know, it's like, God's in charge. I mean, he's big. He's, he's mighty. So Mary has had the privilege of really seeing this up close and personal. And she's singing. She is singing. Now, I want to say something else. And we're going to contrast this with Joseph in a minute. But Mary's response to God, to Joseph, okay? Because when God speaks and God moves and God acts, there's always a response. It's always a response. And Mary's response 
is emotional and powerful and moving and just worshipful. And I think often, and, and y'all may, y'all, look, y'all may nail me on this. I don't know. I mean, this is not meaning like sexist, anything like that, okay? But often, I've seen this in my wife and other women here. They respond to God differently than us dudes, okay? And often, I have seen women lead men uh, in a response to God uh, in worship and in power. And it might, I've, I've just seen it. I mean, I've seen them uh, react and respond, and this is in a positive, good way, uh, with power, and they're just like, I just love to worship. And, and I hope some of you ladies that sing up here will say amen, because I see it in y'all. I mean, y'all are just responding to God. Not that the dudes aren't, but I've seen it over and over again, that women have this different way of, of responding to God. And I think sometimes they, they are more open to the power of God than us are. Let me just say it like that. They are. Their hearts are more open. Their minds are more open. They're more open to things of the Spirit. I mean, there was a reason why the first people who saw the resurrected Christ were women. Because I think they were more open to the power of Him being resurrected and didn't go run off initially. So, man, I thank y'all women, those who've spoken into my life and continue to speak and help lead us men sometimes in being more emotional and more powerful and more worshipful and more driven to things of the Spirit. That's good. And Mary did it for me going through this passage. So let's contrast this now with Brother Joseph. Joseph, Matthew 1. So God comes to Joseph, and there is a response. Matthew 1, verse 18. And I'm going to read verse 25 through verse 25. Matthew 1, 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. He took his wife but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. Now, when the Lord speaks to Mary, the angel comes to her, she sees God is mighty, and she says, because I believe she knows, like, I belong to him. I belong to him. And Mary is just giving herself to the Lord. Joseph, the Lord comes to him, and it's a different response. It's it's different. I don't know if you ever noticed this in Scripture. They don't have this long song, you know, after, you know, God spoke to Joseph. I mean, he may have sang. We don't know, but if he did, it wasn't deemed to put in Scripture. He responded, but it was different. 
I mean, I look at Joseph and I really relate to him. I mean, as a man, he's trying to figure out what the right thing is to do. He is a responsible man. I mean, he lays it out. He doesn't, you know, he's respectful. He, He doesn't want to shun marrying. He said, you know, divorce her quietly. Which, by the way, someone in Mary's position back then could have easily, uh, you know, they're, they're, it's not only their social status that would have been uh, just totally destroyed. They might have actually been taken out of the town and stoned. So, I mean, we're in dangerous territory here. And Joe's like, I want to protect Mary, divorce her quietly. He's trying to do the responsible thing, like many of us men do. But here's the thing, and I want you to see this, and I really want to challenge us men today. Joseph is being responsible, yet he's not renewed. I mean, the, the Lord, I believe, again, Scripture doesn't say it, but the Lord isn't filling him with this, the power and the passion that, you know, God is mighty. He's like, okay, I, I'm trying to do the right thing here. He's responsible. He's not renewed. He's obedient, too. And often, salvation simply begins with obedience. Let me be very clear about that. Because sometimes, like... You don't know what God's doing. Uh, You've got your doubts. You've got your questions. But you're like, okay, I need to take a step and obey. Do that, please. Obey. Be obedient. Faith grows in obedience. But see here, Joseph, and often me and us, we can be obedient and not overcome with the Holy Spirit. We want to do the right thing. We want to be responsible. We will belong in our duty to those that we care about and those that we support, we will not belong to Jesus. Let me say that again. As men, often, we'll belong in our duty and get it done. We won't belong to Jesus. We won't turn it all over to Him. We'll rest in our power. We'll figure out how to get it done. I mean, any amens here? Please. Some dudes? I mean, I know who we got here at church. Amen. Thank you. We'll belong in our capacity to work hard and get it done, and we won't fully give ourselves to Jesus. And there is a contrast, I believe, here. Mary's like, here, here, have it. I'm yours. I belong to you. Joseph, hey, I'll be obedient. But God's saying to him, well, the angel's saying in the dream, Emmanuel, God with us, God with you, God with you, everlasting Father, What does everlasting mean? With you, with us forever. So our God who is mighty is also everlasting. He will never leave us. And my challenge for myself, for us as men who have problems with, you know, the type A stuff or the control freaks or get it done or who rest in their capacity and their responsibility and being duty bound, my challenge is will we fully belong to Jesus And say, yeah, you're right. I'm not just going to belong to my duty, my responsibilities, my getting it done. Even the good things in my family, I'm just going to belong to Jesus and trust in Him that He is a mighty God. He is my everlasting Father. He will never leave me. I'm going to challenge us men on that. Because, I mean, I know know how we think. I know how we act. I know how we do. And often, let me say this, our women can really lead us and belonging to Jesus fully, completely. I see it every week, okay? We can go some other amen. When the wives 
you know, get the husbands to come to church. And they're like, man, you know, saints play at one. I mean, you know, it's tough. You know? Seriously. Oh, yeah. And uh, State or Ole Miss or LSU played last night. I mean, you know, it's tough life. Come on now. Especially this season. It's tough. Hey. Hey, women. I don't want to encourage you. Keep leading them, man. We're praying. But to a lot of men's credit, they have become spiritual leaders at Bellwether. Praise God. And more will because that's the way God designed it. But sometimes he will use our better halves, our spouses and women, to show us what giving of themselves, belonging to the Lord, looks like. Now, let me, let me get off dudes, guys, women, men, all that. Pull back and look broader at us, the church, and belonging. Because I also believe that God gave us one another for accountability to grow, to be together, to belong. I always say this. Jesus wanted to grow his kingdom all through the world by a church and by churches. That was plan A, and there is no plan B. Uh, And I've struggled with that. I used to be the most anti-church, anti-authority, and and some of y'all are connected with me on that. You know, just like, why church? Just give me a Bible, and I'll have some prayer time. Give me a cup of coffee, uh, or, or maybe even a smoke back, you know, 15 years ago. And, hey, man, I'll think about God, and we'll be good. You know, I'm good. I don't, I mean, going to Sunday, I mean, yeah, the Saints do play. Uh, and, they, you know, there was a game last night. Why do I have to set this in my schedule? God gave us a church for a reason, that we are to belong to one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. We are to, we're to belong with one another. That means that we literally belong with each other and help one another out, but that we will, and I love the word belong. You know, you break it down, it means be long. That we will be long with one another. What I mean is that we will be long in walking with each other. We'll be long in suffering with each other. We will be long in walking with hard times and in joys and in blessings. We'll belong to one another. And, you know, if you're here at Bellwether, if you're kind of getting used to Bellwether even or just coming, that's what we want. We want to belong to one another, brothers and sisters in Christ, to help us in our life, in our time on earth. From our, our children to children we don't have, to individual families, uh, to singles, to blended families. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. And we belong to each other in Christ. In Christ. But it's not just here in these walls either. When, when we get that, that we belong to Jesus, and then as brothers in Christ, and sisters in Christ, we belong here, then we are to go out. Because people, as we sang about, need to hear the good news. And everybody wants to belong to somebody in some place. Everybody does. And if we have Jesus and we have this church, and you do, we want other people to have this. So we say we want to be a John 10, 16 church. Like, what does that mean, some of y'all? Some of y'all have heard it over and over again. Well, that means that there are others. It literally says, there are others. And Jesus says, I must go to them. So he is in us. If he has come to us, like Advent and like Christmas, then we're to go out to others and help them belong. 
Not only to a place as like a member of a church, but to a person, Jesus Christ. So as a church, you, we'll, we'll say this, as long as I'm around, we're a John 10, 16 church. But in expanding on that, you know, I've challenged, well, my family, or my wife's challenged our family, and families here to be a John 10, 16 home. You know, like, what does that mean? Well, do you open up your home, you know, not just to friends, not just to your supper club, you know, not just to your coworkers, but do you open up your home to, like, people who need to belong, people who'd like to belong? Would you open up your home? So we're doing this once a week, one night a week. We actually invite more youth and teenagers than adults, no offense, but just trying to invite folks to, hey, man, just come hang out. I beat several folks in ping pong this week. Pierce was one of them. <laughs> Woke Pierce up. There you go. No, he, he beat me. But we're opening up our home. We want to be a John 10, 16 home. Call you out, bro. And we also want to be a John 10, 16 church in our budget. Our budget. Let me say that. Our, our goal, it may take five years. We want to be a 50-50 church. You're like, what, what does that mean? That for every dollar in our budget that is spent raising leaders here, in this place and property, a dollar is going out to others out there. And we're going to get there. That's my goal. It's my commitment. It's, it's what the Lord, I believe, has called this church to be, a 50-50 church. I also believe it starts with people, a balanced person that you receive and you give here. We don't want you to burn out and give in too much. We do want you to give 50-50 lives, 50-50 leaders, 50-50 budget, 50-50 church. We're starting this with our, our Raise More campaign. You've heard me say that. It's through the end of 15, but hey, end of year 14 starting now. So if you, to be really clear, if you wrote a check, I've got to trip myself up here. If I wrote a check to raise more for $2, $1, ministry done here, another dollar to a school in India or a mission in Jackson or a house in Honduras, $1 going out there. And all you got to do is put raise more on the memo. And I know God will provide by the end of this year and through next year. Raising leaders here who know they belong in Christ and then going out to others who need to belong. And so I, I just close with this. Why, why don't we do all this? Why, I mean, why? You're like, what's the point in all this? Because you got to see the bigger picture. I mean, you can get into the nuts and bolts stuff, but if you don't see the bigger picture and if you're not captivated by the grandeur of God as Mary was, and see how mighty he is, and hear him say to you, I am your everlasting father. And many of us may have daddy issues. I don't, Dad. You're here today. But some of us have daddy issues. But we have an everlasting father who loves us and who came to us and is here now. You're like, how did he come to us? God, creator of the universe and creator of you said, I'm going to let nothing hold me back from them knowing they are my son, my daughter. And so God broke through the boundaries of space and time and physical matter and came to our world as a child, as a child in a mother's womb, born, and he lived. He died. He did what we could not do to give us salvation. He broke through everything to say, even if you don't realize it, you belong to me. That's the message of Christmas. That God has always said, you belong to me. And to help us hear it more and to know it more, 
He said, I'm, I'm going to let nothing stand in my way. I'm going to come to you. You, name, belong to me. He is our mighty God. He is your everlasting Father. He came to us. That is that's the message of Christmas. The message of Christmas is that you belong to him. And then, last thing, even though we belong to him and he will be long with us, he'll always be there. You know the last words Jesus said? He literally said he wouldn't be long. He said, behold, I come quickly in Revelation. The last words of Revelation flipped into your Bible. He said, behold, I come quickly. So he's coming back. He's coming back soon. And just as this is time to remember the past that he came, it's also to remember the future that he will come again. And the question for all of us today, Christmas, but all year long, will you belong to him? I, I mean, really. Uh, let's take the Sunday school response out of it. Will you belong to him? This void that is in uh, your life, because it's there. I know it, and I've talked to many. I mean, it's human. There is a void. And we feel it trying to belong to this place or belong to this person. And it's a roller coaster ride or it's just emptiness. So will you belong to Jesus? Because he will be long with you. Always. You can today. And give your life to him. Fully. Truly, totally. Pray together. Heavenly Father, man, I, I just I, I pray for people who are searching because I, I know them personally. Uh, I know their life situation. Uh, not just those in, in these walls, uh, many outside of these walls, uh, many who um, don't even live in Jackson. I, I just pray for those that are searching, that have that void, that are longing to belong somewhere in a job, in a career, uh, in a home, with a, with a spouse, with a with a family, just trying to fill their life with alcohol, with addictions, with parties, all of it. God, just pour over us. Uh, let us learn worship from Mary and obedience from Joseph and fuse that together that, that we will be, we will truly belong to you. And I do pray for those here today who are uh, longing to belong. Uh, I know they are, and, and I know they are or many. I pray right now as we take communion uh, they'd give their lives to you, Jesus. They'd say, I, I belong to you now, Lord. Help them do that. Let them have the peace and assurance of, of knowing that you're with them and always be with them. Thank you that you're here now and you're speaking to us. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>